Hi, I'm Gavin Giovanoni. I'm the Professor of Neurology at Barnes and London School of Medicine and Dentistry, and I'm speaking to you from Amsterdam. I've just arrived at the Ectrans 2022 meeting. As you know, Ectrans is the largest multiple sclerosis-related meeting in the world. I've been told that there are over 9,000 delegates at this meeting, and this is really the first face-to-face meeting of MS experts, clinicians, and related healthcare professionals uh, in three years. So this is an exciting uh, meeting. Um, Just to say that my initial thoughts are that um, EBV is still a hot, hot topic. Uh, There's a lot of buzz around it. And when I arrived last night, I couldn't help but discuss it with uh, everybody I met. I was a little bit disappointed because I'm looking at the program there isn't very much new on EBV, and even one of the hot topics uh, or late-breaking abstracts uh, around EBV, which would have been new data, has already come out in publication. Saying that, though, there are some abstracts. There are there is EBV in one of the teaching sessions, and there are some hot topics uh, on the environmental risk factors. Well, I think EBV will be discussed, so it will be discussed. I mean, just to say unofficially that there are a lot of pharmaceutical companies interested in uh, Epstein-Barr virus, and I have no doubt that several drug trials targeting EBV will start in the next 12 months. So it's all very exciting. One of the things I'm involved in is a poster that a colleague of mine and I have put up called Challenge. We're Challenging the Dogma. It's really about um, using this opportunity that happens at the moment, what has emerged at the moment, Um, around some of the cognitive dissonance we have. We feel very uncomfortable with some of the assumptions we make about MS and can we use the opportunity to change the worldview away from a clinical and radiological MRI perspective to start thinking about MS more biologically. I think this has real implications for the way we classify the disease. Um, Some of our research projects, outcome measures we put in trials, and this will all impact on patient care. The poster we've put up, though, is is a the preliminary results of an ongoing survey. And the survey is being designed to try and bring people on board and, and challenge their thinking. So you're welcome to download the poster, look at it, and also to complete the survey. It's not only for researchers and healthcare professionals, it's for everybody. And you can just <clears throat> disclose whether or not you are a person with a disease or a family member of a person with a disease. We don't have a problem. I'm particularly proud to be showcasing an MS Selfie poster. Uh, I've called it MS Selfie, a donation-based online information hub to assist people in the self-management of multiple sclerosis. I've also put a link for you to download the poster so you can look at it. I'm essentially presenting the concept behind uh, MS Selfie, how it came about in COVID, Uh, the philosophy about its designs and how it represents the evolving future of healthcare. Um, And I do think self-management is going to be a revolution. It's happening not only in MS space, it's happening across chronic diseases. And I think uh, when we look back uh, on what COVID-19 did to healthcare service delivery, we will realize this was a watershed moment. I'm also presenting the results of the survey we did earlier this year um, and showing you that at least the subscribers to the newsletter, it's a helpful resource. I've embedded some QR codes in the poster. It'll allow attendees to visit some of the newsletters that I think showcase the potential of MS Selfie. I'm also going to give out cards to 
HCPs for them to distribute to their patients after entrance. Um, I'm hoping that we can increase the number of subscribers to the site uh, after entrance. I have been criticized. One of my colleagues who I know very well criticized me saying that I just simply preached to the converted and that all the people who subscribe to MSL free and read the newsletters are really self-managing the MS and I'm neglecting people who are not proactive about their disease. Um, my question to you is how should I respond? I mean, my personal opinion is like most initiatives, you know, in the MS space or even in any space, when you, you've got to start somewhere and you get the early adopters and hopefully more and more people will join the site over time and the information will spread gradually, you know. And also as we innovate and add different features to MSL, we may start to reach people with MS so difficult to get. Uh, and I and I do think MSL will evolve. You know, for example, once the curated website uh, comes online, it'll make it easier for new people to navigate. The MSLP teaching course will hopefully focus on teaching you um, how to teach other people with MS about self-management. And I have quite a few ideas beyond this. For example, what about creating a book or an MSLP journal uh, that you can use? And I'm open to suggestions. So if you have any suggestions how you want the MSLP as an initiative to evolve, uh, please let me know. It's not something that's uh, necessarily going to stay like this. It's uh, something that is about self-management and as self-management technologies improve, I'm sure we will um, move with the times. Finally, Ektron's highlight. Um, I actually have been commissioned by a medical education site to do a video or podcast after Ektron's uh, on my Ektron's highlights. Um, and I will do the same for you uh, when I return from Amsterdam next week. I already know from reading the program that small ring MS is really on top of the pile. Uh, Epstein-Barr virus is there too. I will just give you an update on what I think is new around EBV. BDK inhibitors is everywhere on the program. It's mainly because there are four and potentially five uh, BTK drug development programs. So this is where the pharmaceutical companies are investing. And there's also going to be results of a radiologically isolated uh, syndrome clinical trial of um, dimethylfumarate, which will be presented in the late-breaking session. And so I think that will almost certainly be a hot topic. I'll be very surprised if the study is negative because, as you know, asymptomatic MS is MS. So if dimethylfumarate works in multiple sclerosis, it should work uh, in radiologically isolated syndromes. That's going to be a very exciting um, um, presentation. And the reason why it's exciting is because if the trial is positive, which I'm expecting it to be, based on the way dimethylfumarate works, then that means we're going to have to start thinking about changing our classification system and incorporating asymptomatic MS into our diagnostic pathways. Anyway, I will... Um, uh, get back to you on, on the results of that trial. I'm sure other things are going to catch my eye over the next uh, four days, and I'll put them in a, a summary uh, a newsletter later on. Please feel free to uh, please feel free to ask questions. I'll try, I'll try and respond. Ectrins is incredibly busy for me. I spend most of my time actually having meetings with other people, and that's what happens at uh, uh, conferences. They, it's basically a meeting for meetings, uh, and we network. So it's all about setting up research collaboratives, getting uh, meeting people who want to come and work with us. Uh, it's a endless stream of uh, interactions, and, and it, which is nice. And that's one of the reasons why face-to-face -face meetings uh, are not going to go away. They they yet to stay. And I think you know the fact that COVID nineteen stopped them. Um, they're a disservice to us because it stops these interactions from occurring. Anyway, enjoy, and I will speak to you later.